A young boy grapples with a terrifying memory. A young boy grapples with a terrifying memory. And then we meet a young man who has had the same reoccurring dream for the past 20 years. A dream involving a woman he's never met. Is it possible that this is simply just a dream and no more? Or is he the victim of an unending love spell? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some cool plans for the weekend. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, let's go ahead and introduce today's supporters. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, pulling off an encore, a special double episode from yesterday. Give it up for the beautiful Mina and her hunky man meet no one as Murphy. Woo! Yeah, everyone, get there. they're all looking like, what? That's a weird intro. Mina and Murphy came out and saw me at the McMinimins UFO Festival. It was a lot of fun to see some of my listeners in real life. So you two are going to be our captain, our pilots this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or can't support the show financially or can't travel to meet me in real life, that's all totally fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. That helps out so much. Now, Mina, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to rip onto your ankles and you're going to go jumping off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. We're flying all the way out too. Tucson, Arizona. And in Tucson, Arizona, there's a young boy, probably about the age of six. Now, this story was posted anonymously, so we don't have a name, but we're going to call him Tyler. We also don't have a time period for this story. We do know it took place in the past. The person who's posting this story, Tyler, he's an adult now, and he's reminiscing in... This is a really interesting story because you have to wonder exactly what is he remembering. Tyler, back when this story is taking place, is a six-year-old boy. And he was just doing six-year-old boy stuff at the time, right? Playing with He-Man action figures or Pogs. I don't, again, I don't know what time period this took place in. I don't think he was flossing to Fortnite. But somewhere between, somewhere between the dawn of mankind and the modern day, this story takes place. And he remembers... Outside of just doing normal six-year-old stuff, he has this one terrifying memory that just happened over and over again. He remembers every so often his dad would take him out to the car and buckle him in. Click, click, click. And then he would take his younger sister, Tyler's little sister. She'd be buckled into her car seat. And then the dad would get in the car and he'd begin driving through the city of Tucson, Arizona. Eventually, he would reach an automotive shop pull into the parking lot, and the father would get out of the car. Every time this happened, Tyler would fall asleep. Not on the car ride out there, but when the dad pulled into the parking lot and shut off the car, Tyler would get a case of the snoozies. Peaceful sleep, a six-year-old, right? And almost every time, every time he would fall asleep, but almost every time he would wake up, And the car would be, once again, driving through the streets of Tucson, Arizona. Now, Tyler's not specific on the seating arrangement in the car, but I do think it matters. And I'm going to place him behind the driver's seat. Now, a lot of times when I do these stories, a lot of times the people find them. So if Tyler wants to correct me on that detail, that's totally fair. But 
Tyler, I believe, was sitting behind the driver's seat. Sitting in the back. And this car would be driving down the streets late at night. And Tyler realized something. His father was not driving the car. In fact, no one was driving the car. He would sit in the backseat of this car as it prowled down the lonely streets with no driver. He didn't see anyone's head, shoulders, nothing. Sitting from the back seat, he clearly knew that the car was driving itself. He says that he would, when this was happening, he would be overcome with this primal fear. And and you because you could say, well, maybe, maybe there's just a tiny person driving it. Maybe that person driving the car now is much shorter than any adult that Tyler had ever seen in his life. But it wasn't just that he knew that the car was driving itself. He also had this overwhelming sense of dread. Something really, really bad was about to happen. And he would just sit there in this state of terrified paralysis as this car drove down the road. Tyler doesn't make any mention of a destination. He doesn't remember that it pulled up to Chuck E. Cheese and everything was okay. See you later, ghost car, and thanks for the tokens. He just says that the car would leave the auto shop and drive around town. There's no mention of the destination. And this happened a lot. This happened so much. His dad taking him to the automotive shop, the dad getting out of the car, Tyler falling asleep, and then waking up and the car is driving itself, that he began to get anxious whenever he had to get in the car. He started to feel like any time he got in the car, he was going to the auto shop. But you're six. What are you going to do, right? You can only throw so many fits, stamp your feet so many times. You're six years old. You really don't have a choice. You're getting in that car. Now, a lot of times he'd get in the car and they would go to Chuck E. Cheese or they would go shopping or they would go to the friend's house or they would go to church or whatever. So more times than not, it was a normal car drive. But every so often, Tyler would watch that car creep closer to that auto shop. And then as the father parked the car in the parking lot and turned it off, Tyler's fear was brushed aside as he slowly fell asleep. Tyler never really stated when it started or how it started, but he definitely knows when it stopped. He said one day, my dad drove to the auto shop, got out of the car, left me and my sister in it. And sure enough, I fall asleep. I wake up and the car is once again driving itself down the road. And this time, for the first time, I fought against the overwhelming dread. I fought the fear. I had to know what was going on. For the first time, Tyler decides to peek around the driver's seat. To truly see, for once and for all, if this car was driving itself, or if it was three kids in a trench coat. So Tyler peeked around the driver's seat. He's sitting in the back, and he's peeking his little head around, and he sees very, very clearly nothing is there. Nothing. He said from the back seat, As I craned my head around and got a good look, the driver's seat was clearly empty, but the steering wheel 
was slowly swaying back and forth like someone was steady in a car. And I saw the pedals. The gas pedal and the brake pedal slowly get pushed down by some invisible force. This terrified Tyler. This is what he knew it was. But even at six, he knew this wasn't possible. He immediately snaps his head back, almost afraid that someone might catch him looking and seeing this forbidden thing. He closes his eyes and he pretends to be asleep. But he is so horrified. He passes out. He said the fear was so overwhelming, I lost consciousness. Basically going into shock. And he said that was the last time that ever happened. His father never again took him to the automotive shop. He never once again sat in the back of a car that drove itself through Tucson, Arizona. Tyler added a couple additions after this. That's the bulk of the story, but he did add a couple details. One, he said that, listen, it obviously sounds like a dream, right? (laughs) Obviously, with a little kid falling asleep in the back of a car, the easiest thing to say is that he was dreaming, but he's like, this was so real. Like, this was part of my childhood. It was so real. It was so vivid, and it happened all the time. I don't think it was a dream. I was thinking, not necessarily paranormal, but repressed memory. Trauma block, right? And even Tyler thinks that's what it could be. Like, there was so much trauma going on that it wasn't an invisible person. It was a real person that he blocked out from his memory. And that would track, right? We know that happens. We know people can actually repress memories or have distorted memories and things like that. That totally makes sense. And that's a very, very dark story then. Like on the one end, on the paranormal end, we have Ghost Car, which is awesome, right? That could be a Pixar movie. That could be a regular movie. Uh, It was not a movie to this kid. It was his real life. Ghost car. Herbie. Wasn't Herbie a ghost? Herbie the love bug? Wasn't he possessed by the ghost of some dead monk or something like that? Could be that, right? Could be ghost car. And that would be fine. (laughs) Not for this kid, right? He's terrified. But ghost car, I would be willing to believe that is possible. I believe in ghosts. I believe that ghosts can possess inanimate objects. Totally makes sense, right? That tracks on the paranormal side. But, and, and here's the thing, like, if you had a choice between having a childhood where you think that every so often some dead monk, some dead monk floating around the Sistine Chapel or something wants to take a vacation inside of your Chevy Camaro, that's cool, right? Go on a lot of magical adventures. But then the other option, like, you can choose, <laughs> you can choose 1970s Disney movie or... That something happened to you so often, so regularly, with the knowledge of your own father, that he delivered you to this location, that was so terrifying, your brain actually altered reality. Like, your brain basically said, a ghost car is more soothing than the trauma you are currently going through. That's way worse. Like, if you had to choose between the two... Herbie all the way. And it's funny because this is one of those stories that has its foot in two worlds. I'd love for it to be a paranormal story. 
but it could be a true crime story. And if it is, that's absolutely terrifying. And then you think is, was the kid being knocked out? Was Tyler and his sister being put to sleep? And this last time there was a, some human driving the car and they realized that Tyler was actually awake and Tyler got a good look at the guy. And then the guy's like, I don't want to like be driving that kid around anymore. Assuming that's what they were doing. I don't think anyone represses memories because they go for a joyride through Tucson, Arizona. Like, you can only imagine the worst. So I don't want to imagine it, right? I don't even want to think about it. But what a, what a crazy story. I, I found this. This was actually posted on the X board. They had a really cool thread. Actual weird, inexplicable things that have happened to you. And as a bunch of people talking about a lot of experiences from their childhood, because I think that's what the OP was kind of mentioned, their childhood specifically, if I remember correctly. Anyways, it'll be in the show notes. You can go through there and look at some of the other ones. But terrifying story or, or uplifting Disney Channel movie. The boy who fell asleep in the automotive shop. That would be much, much preferable. Mina, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We didn't get you in the Carpenter Copter yesterday, so that's why you're back. For this episode, Mina and Murphy both get in your pilot uniforms. We are leaving behind Tucson, Arizona. We are headed all the way out to a local high school. Oh, here's an interesting thing. I actually didn't plan it this way. This story was supposed to be on yesterday's episode. This story is actually also from the actual weird, inexplicable things that have happened to you. So, double header, double header. I didn't expect that. I usually like to to spread this stuff out more. They come from the same source. But here we are at a local high school. Mina land this carpenter copter. We're going to disembark. I hope you guys brought your high school clothes. I did. And we're here to meet this guy. Now, we don't have his name either. It's posted anonymously. We're going to name him Aaron. Aaron, shortly after he graduated from high school, he began having this dream. It's a sunny day. And Aaron is sitting on a little stone bench in the middle of a garden. Love is in the air. As Aaron is sitting next to his girlfriend, his high school sweetheart, Lisa. And she just has the dreamiest look in her eyes for Aaron. And Aaron looks back at her and he's just never been in love like this before. They're holding hands. They're walking through the park together, enjoying the sunshine on their skin. And that's when Lisa turns to Aaron and says, Aaron, I love you so much. I love you so much. And Aaron looks down at her and says, I love you more. And through their romantic date, they're laughing smiling at each other. They're enjoying life together. Young love. And she pulls out something she's clipped out of a magazine. And she goes, Aaron, when are you going to buy me my pink Corvette? She says it a little jokingly, a little coy. But Aaron knows this is something Lisa's always wanted. She's been talking about this for a long time. Her dream car. A pink Corvette. And she pulls out of her pocket a folded photo from a magazine. 
And there in this picture is Lisa's dream car, a pink Corvette. And Aaron goes, someday, baby. Someday when I make all the money in the world and I'm rich and famous and successful and I have you by my side, I'll get you all the pink Corvettes you want, baby. Aaron wakes up. He's alone in bed. He's sitting there. And he sighs. Because he has had this same dream once a week for 20 years. Once a week, he has a dream where he's in high school. High school age Aaron. And he's hanging out with his girlfriend, Lisa. And he has never met this girl before in his life. When he sees this girl, this dream is so vivid. He knows exactly what she looks like. She could, he could pick her out of a photo if he ever had one of her. But he's never met Lisa. He actually says, I don't never really knew anyone named Lisa. Not in high school. I didn't know anyone named Lisa. He also says, I'm not a car guy. I'm not into cars at all. But when she talks about the pink Corvette, I can, the next day, look up a photo of a pink Corvette and go, that's the one she was talking about. Now, sometimes she'll show him a picture in the dream. So he'll know what to look for. But sometimes she'll just by describing it. He can find a real-life photograph of a pink Corvette that matches her description. That's how vivid these dreams are. He can picture her completely. He can picture the pink Corvette completely, even though he's not a car guy. He goes, sometimes she doesn't bring up the pink Corvette. Sometimes in the dreams, I bring it up. Pink Corvette's always this totem floating through his subconscious, though. He goes... When she brings it up, she'll show me a picture of her dream car. And I'll tell her, someday, baby, someday, I'm going to get you your dream car. But there are times where she doesn't mention it. And if she doesn't mention it in the dream, he will mention it. And when he brings up the pink Corvette, her heart just melts. True love. He listens to her. The sign of any good relationship, right? They're sitting there at the malt shop. One shake, two straws. And he goes, you know what, honey? I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you really deserve two pink Corvettes. And she, oh my God, oh my God, yeah, that's totally my dream car. Oh my God, she's totally freaking out. She's so excited because he listens to her. But the pink Corvette is always present in these dreams. And him and Lisa are always present in these dreams. But he doesn't know who Lisa is. Until four years ago. Four years ago, Aaron was looking through a yearbook online. His yearbook, not just some random high school yearbook. He was looking through his high school yearbook online. And he came across a listing for an Elizabeth Martinez. And when he saw that photo, he knew. He knew it was her. He'd been seeing her once a week for the past 16 years at this point, 16 years. He saw that photo, he knew this was the Lisa from his dreams, but she was an underclassman, right? She was an underclassman. He was, so if you're not familiar with American high schools, 
freshman, sophomore, underclassman, junior, senior, upperclassman. And he says, listen, I never, ever saw this girl before. Now, obviously, you guys are going to find that hard to believe because it's a high school and people mingle. He goes, but I went to a pretty strict conservative school. And they not only had rules between the upperclassmen and the underclassmen fraternizing, 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 whatever the word is. We, they kept us apart. They kept us apart. Not only did they have rules for keeping us apart, they never taught us how to say that word. He goes, the school was actually designed so we wouldn't really even interact. So I never saw her. If there was someone who was a two grades lower than you, you didn't even know they were there. Unless they were your neighbor or you passed them on a bus or something like that. I'm not saying they would be invisible driving their cars. You're like, oh, that must be the freshman coming in this year. But he wouldn't know him. He goes, listen, I didn't know Lisa. Never saw her before. I didn't even think she existed. Like, I just thought this was some really weird reoccurring dream. I couldn't place it at all. I had no real way to process it because it was about someone that I had never met. And now here I am, 16 years having these dreams, and there she is. She does exist, and she has the same name, basically, Elizabeth Martinez Lisa. So that happened four years ago, and he's still having those dreams to today. It's been 20 years since the first dream has popped up, and he has them every week. Now, four years ago, he found the photo of Elizabeth Martinez, and luckily he had the name. Could you imagine how insane he would have went if he just saw a photo? He started looking her up on social media. Nothing. Which, hey, Elizabeth Martinez, it's a pretty common name. He began looking through classmates' social media who could possibly be a friend of a friend of hers. Nothing. He cannot place her anywhere in the digital sphere. She is, she's a ghost. She's a digital ghost. He says that when he saw this photo of her in the yearbook, the, think about the different words you would describe having a reoccurring dream for 20 years, thinking that it was just your brain synapses firing and your consciousness was trying to make some sort of order out of the chaos, and then finding out that the chaos is real. Finding out that this girl you've been dreaming about and this girl wanting this pink Corvette for 20 years, you find out that she's real. I, I think I would use the words shocked or amazed, flabbergasted. The words he chose is very interesting, right? Word choice matters. The words he chose was he described this realization with, quote, absolute horror. Absolute horror is what he is dealing with at this moment and he's trying to track her down and he can't he has to get an answer to this now there is something to hang his hat on it's not just random chaos while dreaming this woman exists but for the past four years he's been trying to find any trace of her and he can't which means a few things one super common name hard to find two Moved out of the area, so all of your searches in the local area are for nothing. And as common as a name as Elizabeth Martinez may be in your area, nationally, it's, it would be impossible to find this person. I wonder if with Google, I know Google um, reverse image search can tell you if the image has been used. I wonder if Google reverse image search will eventually, I'm sure they can do it now, but it hasn't been released to the public, 
you could, t- and maybe this is released to the public, I don't know, that you could take a photo of someone, any photo of them, you take a photo of, say, Scarlett Johansson, and then using biometrics on her face can show you a photo of every facial picture of Scarlett Johansson ever. Which would be useless because you could just type in Scarlett Johansson, but if someone wanted to find photos of me, right, all ten of them, there's not a bunch, there's not a lot of photos of me, honestly, but even as a child, I didn't have a lot of photos taken. You would have, like, you could pull up every single photo of me ever posted online, ever. So if you had that, you could use it on this Elizabeth Martinez woman. And would pull up all the Elizabeth, all of this this woman, right? They, I'm, I'm sure that technology is out there. If it's not available to us, it's available to someone, like the feds or something like that. But anyways, he can't find her. I totally forgot where it's going with this. I went on my sci-fi eagle eye Shia LaBeouf rant. Where was I going with this? He can't find. Oh, oh, oh! This is where I was going with this. If you can't find them, super common name. She may have moved out of the area. It's possible that she had some of sort of adverse life event, like a stalker, and she doesn't have social media, right? That's definitely possible as well. At a certain point, it just became too much trouble, and she's like, nope, I want it gone. The other possibility is the fact that, well, I guess there is one that she just doesn't like social media, but the fifth one would be the fact that she's passed away, that she's no longer with us, and that's the reason why she's not on TikTok, because she's dead. Right. If she died before Facebook really took off or Instagram really took off, this might come as a shock to you, but ghosts can't start social media accounts. So that's possible. That's there's those five possibilities. But whatever the reason why Aaron can't find Lisa, he said, listen, when I thought this was just a dream, I just kind of dealt with it. I just thought it was this weird occurrence. But now that I know she exists or existed, at least. He feels like he may have committed, quote, the greatest blunder of my life, unquote. This was true love. This was happiness that he doesn't have today. Imagine going to sleep and not knowing if you're going to be thrust into a dream world where you are loved unconditionally. And then you got to wake up the next morning. It'll, it'll almost be torture, right? Because it's going to happen every week. Maybe there's a couple weeks where it doesn't happen, but it's regular, right? And in this dream, he is loved, loved, loved. And the only thing that his high school girlfriend is asking for is a pink Corvette. Now, going back to that, here's another little interesting note, and we'll start wrapping the episode up. He says that... Sometimes she will show him a picture of the pink Corvette she wants. But this dream's been happening over the course of 20 years. Over those 20 years, the model of the Corvette, like the design of the Corvette, changes as the new models, as the new years of Corvettes are released. The pink Corvette he dreams about today is not the same model that doesn't look the same as the pink Corvette when the dream first started because the Corvette has undergone changes. Again, he goes, I'm not a car guy. He's not into cars, but he knows those changes have happened because throughout those 20 years, the pink Corvette stays modern. And not only that, 
He goes, early on when I'd have these dreams, she would pull out a clipping from a magazine. Say, this is the car I want, Aaron. But over the years, she stopped pulling out the magazine clipping. In later dreams, they would be over at his house or her house, hanging out in the living room, and she'd be like, oh my God, you have to see a photograph of this pink Corvette. I want it so much, baby. I want it so much. She'd go to the computer and look it up online and point to the monitor. See, baby? This is the one I want. You'll get that and so much more, Lisa. As the dreams marched on, Lisa began looking it up on her tablet, scrolling through all the different photographs till she found just the right one. And now in the most recent dreams, she's pulling out a smartphone, thumb texting it into the search engine, showing him a brand new 2022 pink Corvette. The technology changes as time marches on. This is my take on this. This is my take on this. What I believe is that, yeah, I I actually believe this story could totally be made up, right? Every story we've ever covered could totally be made up. From Crash at Roswell to this, right? That's just something that you encounter when it comes to paranormal stuff. This could all be made up. Technically, every story is creepypasta. Just some of it was published in books in the 1940s. But it's still creepypasta. It's still one person's account or maybe three person's account or one person saying what three people told them on their deathbed and da-da-da-da-da. Everything can be painted with this could be true or not. And I never like to really gloss over that because it's just that's just the fact of the matter. Doesn't mean it's not fun to look at this stuff, but we just have to acknowledge that. I think when we fail to acknowledge that, uh, I think I think that's not a good look for us. But anyway, as paranormal research. But anyways... This is my take on this. Put on a conspiracy caps and get ready to wrap up this week. This is, I think Lisa's probably still alive. And I think although Aaron never met Lisa, Lisa knew Aaron. I've learned in my life, it's a weird quirk, that men often feel lonely. Men tend to feel really, really alone. And there's always a woman watching from the bushes. Literally or figuratively, right? I've met men who are very lonely, and then you find out that there's they got some weird secret admirer. Some girl who's just absolutely fascinated by them. Now, is this 100%? No. But it's happened more often than not. It's happened more often that I have seen a pattern. People who are... People who are really lonely looking for a relationship... Maybe, maybe look in the bushes and you'll find that person. So it's possible. Aaron described himself as a loner in high school. He didn't have a lot of friends. He definitely didn't have a girlfriend in high school. Lisa may have been noticing him. Maybe around town, maybe not necessarily at high school, but she may have noticed him and something may have stuck in her head with him. She was deeply attracted to him. Sometimes it's just the way you smell. You give up this weird pheromone and you gotta like take a broom to work to keep women back. It's the weirdest thing in the world. But that's possible. I think that Lisa knew Aaron, but Aaron didn't know Lisa. He was the brooding, lonely boy walking through the neighborhood one day, and Lisa was just totally enamored by this guy. And I think, and I kind of gave this away in the intro, I think she cast a love spell on him. 
I think she cast a love spell on him so powerful, she didn't even understand the ramifications of what she was doing. A love spell. An unfulfilled love spell from a young, hormonal witch. She may not even know when she was a witch. You know how much power you would have to generate? Like, there are people who write books on magic who could not cast the love spell that lasted 20 years. That's what I think happened. I think that she definitely had some untapped reservoir of power, and she utilized it, and she cast an adolescent love spell on this young man. And the reason why I don't think she's dead is that I think the love spell would have dissipated by now. I think she's still alive. I don't know if she's still pining for Aaron, but... The love spell's still active. She may be married and have kids and, you know, getting ready to go to college right now. And who knows? But whatever she did to Aaron is still around. And it could be around for another decade, two decades. It could be the last dream he has the night before he dies is of Lisa showing him a photograph of a pink Corvette. A love spell so powerful. It's lasted two decades. Cast by a woman who Aaron has never seen before. And when he does finally find proof that this woman exists, he can't find proof that the woman still exists. Possible the story's completely made up. Possible that I'm off with the magic spell thing, right? I mean, it could be possible that magic isn't the answer to this one, but what an amazing, I love this story. I love this story because people do weird things when they're in love and young love is super dangerous. Young love is when two people fall in love so much that they murder the girl's parents and then go rob six gas stations until they have a shootout with the police. Like that's young love. You very rarely see people in their 40s doing that. It happens, but it's far, far more rare. But a love spell. A love spell cast by someone you never even met. And for Aaron, is there any relief for this? Can he stop it? I mean, it's possible he could get some spiritual guidance, talk to a minister, a rabbi, cleric, whatever religion you belong to, and get some advice. Try to get it cleansed off of you. Or you could just live with it, right? Now that you know that this woman exists and you might have some idea that she cast some sort of love spell, you just roll with it, right? It, I don't necessarily think it's the greatest blunder of your life, Aaron. I think that it may never have meant to be. It may have been a love spell and it's just continuing to activate in your mind. I mean, I, I get it. Like, that's not super calming. You still have to go to this paradise once a week. But, I mean, a lot of people don't get paradise ever. You know, maybe savor those dreams. But I think the worst possible ending to this story, and of course that's the way I want to wrap it up, is I imagine that Aaron is finally able to track down Lisa, finds out where she lives. Now, of course, once he had that information, he would spend another two weeks, two months, two years maybe, trying to work up the guts to contact her. To contact the woman he's seen every week in his dreams. A pure, perfect love. And it's possible that Aaron is in the position now where he goes out and he buys that brand new pink Corvette. 
and drives it up to Elizabeth Martinez's house. He jumps out, dressed in a suit. He looks like he just walked off the runway. And Aaron is walking up the driveway to this house. And he knocks on that door. And the door opens up. And there stands Elizabeth Martinez. 20 years older, but still as beautiful as the woman of his dreams. And while Aaron is standing there looking at this perfect angel, his heart rapidly beating against his chest, he steps aside so she can see the pink Corvette, puts his hand out to shake hers and says, Hi, I'm Aaron. And she looks at him and says, Who? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. 